So we watched some cartoons. Yeah, we did. Some some cartoons. Saturday morning cartoons from the 90s. Yeah, big time. Big time 90s energy. Like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> so I think it makes sense to do this chronologically. Yes, and start, start with, with King, King Arthur, Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Justice. The most generic title anything could ever have. Painfully generic, given that the premise is a little strange. It does not imply what the actual uh, scenario of this no. cartoon is. No, and I'd never heard of this before you told me about it. Right, well, I'm, I I had thought we just sort of came across it when we were just, like, Googling. That's true. We might have we might have organically stumbled upon it together. Because I definitely informed you about the other cartoon yes. we were talking about today, yes. but I don't know that I knew you about You didn't know about the, this we just We just found it. Before okay. this project. Okay. So, yeah, we discovered this um, when we were just sort of... Researching. Researching possible topics for episodes, and we said, well, we got to do it because it just seems like fun. We wanted to do the other show that we're going to talk about. Yes. And we wanted to pad out the episode a little bit. Yes. We thought they, they would make good counterparts. Yes. And, and I will say they they certainly contrast each other. They're from the same studio as well. Same studio. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the, the basic premise of King Arthur and the Knights of Justice is that um, King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table have... Um, they've, been they've been captured. captured by Morgana. Morgana. They've they've been put in the cave of glass. Whatever the hell that is, we still don't know. Yep. And um, so Merlin has plucked out of time a modern <laughs> football team who are as righteous as the Knights the, of the Round Table. That's, that's which is really a sad state of affairs. Yeah. In my opinion, they're the only men in history. Who are as righteous uh, as the Knights of the Round Table? They're, they play they're, football. they're the Knights, of course. The Knights, led by Arthur King. Arthur the King. Quarterback. Yeah. And they get transplanted to Camelot to take the place of the Knights of the Round Table to defeat Morgana and her warlords. Oh boy. These Should we just dive right in and talk about them? Because they're like the first things we see. I, I mean, yeah. Like, we can just sort of do like. Okay. Absolute briefest of synopses. Yes, because please. We watched the first two episodes, and yes. basically nothing happens. So it's this, true. these things that we've just described happen. Yeah. Um, and that's about half of the first episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, they get woo woo woo, sort of isekai'd yep. into Camelot. Yeah. That actually takes a long time. It takes so long. They they're on a bus. There's a lot of shenanigans where they're like antagonizing the driver and throwing the football around in the bus and yeah just fucking around they, they, of course it's a storm and they take the wrong path They're and you've seen it all before careening down a mountain for a long time they get time. hit by lightning they go through a magical <laughs> tunnel and go through a brick wall and all <laughs> these different things a lot of stuff happens to get them to Camelot um, and then Merlin's like, yeah, y'all are going to be the knights of the round table. And they're like, well, I guess so. Uh, here's yeah. a vision of Guinevere, the most beautiful woman in the world. And we're going to objectify her real hard. It's really intense I, for a show for children. Super squirmy. Um, I really thought this was from the 80s just because of that. But yeah. no, it's 1992. Yeah, so 
basically the basically 80s. still the eighties. Yeah. It's really rough. So they have to go and uh, fight the warlords that work for Morgana. They're wild. You've um, got Lord Viper. Lord Viper, who's the sort of leader of the warlords. And you've got Blackwing. Blackwing is my absolute fucking favorite <laughs> character. He's my favorite guy now. He I just love he him. just drops in out of nowhere with no introduction, swoops down and grabs Guinevere and flies away. Yes, he's apparently made of. Made of, made of stone. stone. I don't know. I don't know, but the he's, way he talks, he's a voice actor. He's like right up on the microphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's got this like very soft British voice, and just though everything he says is my favorite thing. The voices are are bizarre for everyone. Yeah. Uh, you've got two other guys who I made note of. I don't mm. re- don't think we get their names. There's a guy who has a helmet and we never see his face. He swings a big hammer. Yes, yes, there's a big hammer guy. And then you've got the the Immortan Joe guy, is what I wrote him down as in my notes, because he sounds like Immortan Joe from yeah. Mad Max Fury Road. He's got some real voices. And he's, he's got, like, f- weird stuff He's supposed him. to look kind of like like a barbarian. Yeah, He's he got, is. like, a big, like, yeah. bone that he swings Yeah, <laughs> he swings a big bone. Um, <laughs> there's a guy whose helmet just has two axes on yeah. either side of his head. Uh, it's and wild. And they... Are in possession of some highly anachronistic uh, methods of warfare. Okay, so here's the thing about this show, and we'll just yeah, fuck synopses. We'll just get to it. When yeah, we get to it. Yeah, this is okay. It's obviously sort of a descendant of He-Man and oh yeah, the universe. Oh yes, this is so toyetic. I can't stand it. And I was wondering, like, was this successful enough for them to have made toys out of all these things? Can't have been but it, that's what it is yeah like, it's so toy everybody everything is a projectile whether it makes sense or not you've got this weird thing where the armor breastplates have weapons that magically come out of them and also their shields have big animals. creatures we, we see a dragon the, the dragon of justice the dragon of justice and a big ram a big ram bricks big ram <laughs> yeah 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 they they wrestle and then they're friends yeah that's how brick makes friends it's, it's wonderful so that's wonderful. Most of what the Knights of Justice get it, up to is not so wonderful. Is it wonderful. Brick or is it Trunk? These guys. These are, are two different guys, things. Brick and Trunk. And what what flummoxed me the most out of anything it's here, trunk. when when they rescue Guinevere, mm-hmm. there's this weird implication. We see a little flash of green in her eyes, and the idea is, I think, that she's been hypnotized by Merlin or what. To think that this is actually her actual husband and his actual knights. It's deeply troubling. It's very creepy. But she calls them by their football player names. Like she says, well, Sir Trunk. Yeah. And I'm like... What? There is no Sir Trunk. And what's weird is that, like, there is a Lance. There and it's like, we know who that's supposed to be. I don't yeah. know who the analog is for Trunk. I don't think that there probably is one. I think that... I think Arthur, Lancelot, and Guinevere, and Merlin is about that's as far about it, yeah. as this... They, and, they and, and, and Morgana. Yeah, and Morgana. That, that's it. Those those characters, beyond that, yeah. there's just nothing. We, we've got a round table. We do, and it's kind of a cool one. It's got a glowy red thing in the middle of it. It does magic. I assume the lady who hovers over it is supposed to be Nimue. I wasn't clear on that. I think you're right. She's, she's gotta just be a, a lady of lake. She's just a blue lady. She's a magic lady who shows around. up for some plot things. She's a lake lady for sure. Definitely. Um, I The one thing that I did write down that I thought was really funny was one of the guys, one of the football player guys mm-hmm. asks if you could grill burgers on the round table. And 
Merlin seems to know what burgers are. Merlin knows what burgers are, and he knows what football is, but he doesn't know what TV is. Yeah. Which is this kind of, like, sometimes there is anachronism humor in the show, and then sometimes they have battle cars. Yeah. They <laughs> super do. It's wet And I was wild. really not expecting within the first ten seconds of this show to see a full car in the Middle Ages with no explanation. Yeah, I don't really know what that's supposed to be. It's just like a car, it's like though. It's, yeah. Or a tank or something. Some kind of chariot that has no horses to speak of. It's it's being... It's autonomous it's, almost. It's not even being driven. It's self-propelled. <laughs> With a big axe on it or something like that? Yeah. There's people who... There's fired axe projectiles. There's so many axes in the air! <laughs> and I was like... I guess they're catapulting the axes. But a lot of them. That's really not ideal. It's there's not a reason why nobody invented works. that. <laughs> uh, yeah... So first episode is basically just these guys getting zapped into yeah. Camelot and yeah. um, they're like... They, they just have a fight. They just have a big fight, yeah. That's the whole summary a, for this show. There's a big fight and then there's another big fight and then there's another big, big fight. fight. It's yeah. all they do. Um, so yeah, they have to ride for Castle Morgana, as they call yeah. oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, they have a big fight in the woods. They get some abilities pulling these weapons out of their breastplates. Um, and then a hole opens up in the ground, and a couple of the boys fall in. I think it's Lance and Trunk. Yes. That fall down this hole. We're already in episode two now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it just kind of all... It blurs together. It blurs together. They end up in Morgana's prison, where Guinevere is. Um, and Arthur's like, I'm going to go after him yep. by myself, because it's all my fault, because I'm the then noble he, like, one. Then he throws his shield down, and the big dragon comes out of it. Yeah. He rides the dragon uh, to Castle Morgana. Yeah. He has some adventures down in some underground tunnels. He fights a really, really big bat. A really just dumb-looking bat. A really dumb-looking bat. Once again, Blackwing is my favorite guy. I adore him. I I love, and I wrote this down as well, he beats the bat, and then he holds the sword, and he says... He says, say goodbye, Mr. Bat. Mr. Bat. And then he doesn't he kill him. He can't kill him. Because he's too noble. He's too noble. He, he chose this giant bat mercy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, Morgan has a viewing rock. Yeah, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go to my viewing rock. She says it. <laughs> yep. Um, Guinevere just sort of gets passed to Arthur as a trophy that he won mm-hmm. for beating the dungeon. Yeah. That's essentially what's going on. Yeah, it's super fucking weird. It's bad. Feels it's bad. Feels really bad. What What I love also is um, Excalibur can just move boulders. It sure can. Just like boop, zoop. Yeah, exactly. Giant twenty ton boulder just rolls aside for you. And roll back rolls to it back. keep your enemies inside. Yeah, really convenient stuff. Yeah, they escape the castle. Uh, yeah, fight, fight, fight. fight they fight, all fight. fight. Fall. All the villains fall down a big ravine. Yeah, we've got chasms in both. In both shows. That's true. That's we interesting. Chasms, climactic chasms. This is, but when you're a kid, it's like the quicksand and the rickety rope bridge and a big chasm opens up in the ground. Falling off a cliff is one of the best ways to dispatch cartoon bad guys. Because you don't have to see them be like killed or anything like they that. They just fall off a cliff. It's easy. It's you know easy. that that's perilous. Yeah. It's very present danger. Yeah, it is. A big cliff. Big cliff. <laughs> sure. All the boys, yes, all the bad boys... Fall into the chasm. Uh, I wrote down another quote here when the rest of the knights arbitrarily come in to save the day, which yeah. it didn't really seem like they needed to, but whatever. 
one of them says, when we saw that dude flying around, we thought you could use some help. Yep. Which Blackwing! Is a, exactly. <laughs> Wings. I love it. It's great. It's great. He's got like a bird helmet. He does. I love it. Sometimes the best concepts are just the simplest. Yeah. These knights, they're bro-y as hell. They're so bro-y. They really are a football team. Yes. And whenever they don't know what else to have these guys do, they just say, knights, knights, knights. Knights, 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 knights. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, um, they have a big banquet to celebrate that they've rescued Guinevere. Guinevere's like, my husband is acting very different. And Must be the war. Yeah, well, it's 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 Elaine that says oh, that. Oh, yeah. So we've got another Arthurian name. Yeah, man. yeah. I don't know if she's supposed to be Guinevere, or uh, yeah. Mor- Morgana's sister. Yeah. But Elaine but, mm-hmm. is there, and she's like, well, you know, war makes people, people weird, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and then Merlin brought chicks. <laughs> that was so uncomfortable. And this is, again... I believe... They are what you would call cheerleaders. Horrifying. He also horrifying. He also says party on, party which, on. which is not something Listen, I expected Merlin to say. We all know Merlin's a horn dog. Yeah, it was intense, I thought. <laughs> I was just, and especially because like for these whole two episodes, and I think it's, it's Lance especially who's doing it, which is, I guess makes sense. He's the horny one. He's talking about like... Are we going to meet women wherever we're going? And yeah, wherever they're going. there's ladies in New York. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And at the end, they just are rewarded with women. It, they, yeah. I mean, it's 1992, and we're still doing that. Uh, seriously, okay, so, like, when Merlin, when they're like, what, we got to fight for the for Camelot? Like, what are you yeah. talking about? Saving the world? <laughs> that sounds crazy to me. And he's Merlin's like, let me like, put what, it into simple terms for what, you. What about a hot lady? He does He does it very much a, like a help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my yes. only hope moment. Yes. As you see, uh-huh. like, a projection of Guinevere just, like, yeah. being beautiful. And he's like, yeah. she is truth. She is beauty. Yeah. She is the reason that you must fight. And they're like, good enough for me. And I was like, the real Arthur is theoretically going to be freed at some point. What's going to happen? Is and is Arthur King cucking King Arthur? He absolutely is. <laughs> he, he absolutely is. And it's confusing. What is supposed it's, to be it's happening? It's not, it doesn't seem like it's being considered. It doesn't. It's so weird. It's so weird. But they just go knights, 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 and that's good enough for us, I guess. Yeah, I, what's gonna happen? Like I almost like okay, I do not want to keep watching. No, it I don't either. Terrible, I but don't I either. I want to keep watching it to know what the fuck happens there. Yeah, I How guess. How do they handle that? They might never because it got two seasons and it was, I guess, very serialized for. And I think this was from the eighties to the nineties is where this change happened. Mm. Because in the 80s, the Saturday morning cartoons, as far as I'm aware, were fairly episodic. Yes. And this show was trying and endeavoring to be serialized, and the events of the prior episode would affect the subsequent Uh episode. But they never did conclude it, to my understanding, from what I was reading. (sighs) They have a cliffhanger ending at the end of the second season, and the main overarching plot points are never resolved. (laughs) Is what I read. So, we'll so it's possible know. that we might not even see... I mean, if, if y'all have seen this weird damn show, let yeah. us know. But it's possible that this may never even come up. Or, yeah. or it might. I don't particularly I don't... want to watch any more of it. No, I can't possibly. Two episodes was a stretch. And the only reason I said we should watch and talk about the second one was because... That's when... Morgana shows up. Yeah. And, and we... 
Basically, to, nothing we, happens in the first episode. Nothing, just set up. Just Isekai happens. Exactly, exactly. And I was like, that's not very interesting. The second episode isn't very we interesting need to either. Keep grounded but, within the Camelot world, at least. But I think after that, it is just very shenanigans. And I, I guess the idea is that like each of the knights needs to find something like an object that will take them specifically back to the real world and replace them with their Arthurian counterpart. Oh. That's... Merlin like mentions it very briefly that he's like, "There's these crystals that you can find right. that will send you back to your own time." Uh, yeah, gotta have crystals. Yeah, or jewels or something. 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 Shiny objects. Children like shiny, shiny objects. For you. Yeah. And I was thinking like this is such at the time must have been it's like so aggressively like a boy show. It's such a boy show. That said, since it is such a boy show, the character designs are really fun. Yes. And I was thinking, like, I was thinking narratively, if I had seen this as a child, I don't think I would have been super enthralled by it. But design-wise, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it, they are made to be toys. Toys. Like, we have yeah. these wacky, wild, uh, warlords. Yes, <laughs> with, yes. With their weapons. Yeah, yeah. Just to continue the, just, the alliteration. Just the weapon design is really... It's, it's some yes. real nonsense. It's great. Yeah. Uh, they've got just like crazy horse armor. Like yeah. Arthur's horse has projectiles. It, it, yeah, on the horse armor. <laughs> like the horse missiles. Missiles. Horse missiles. <laughs> Everything is a missile. So many missiles. I was like, Everything's why do you bother with bow and arrow at the beginning? They're shooting these arrows, and I was like, why? Why when you have missiles? Mi- when you have missiles? Yeah, doesn't just... that kind of change the game? It does. Blackwing <laughs> has missiles. <laughs> when you make a toy that's a really easy fun it can shoot a little plastic thing it can shoot a little missile absolutely lots of toys do this uh-huh yeah, yeah. it all makes sense I'm like I really actually enjoy I mean Arthur's armor cracks me the fuck oh, it, up it's got butt it's cheeks it's got a little booty on it which I, I think is, is and especially when he's riding the horse though I know, you it just looks see quite this <laughs> it's very prominent <laughs> and like his helmet's kind of interesting yeah it, like, yeah yeah raises like a welder's mask. Yes. But it's like a like a face plate with like a crown on top. And it's kind of cool looking. It is kind of cool looking. I it it definitely has that sort of and this is the other thing. It has almost like it's trying to be a certain era of superhero costume. Yes. Yeah, he looks a little Iron Man. Well, and here's the thing. I thought I noticed a familiar name in the opening credits of the show, mm-hmm. and I was correct. Because one of the producers of King Arthur and the Knights of Justice is a man named Avi Arad, mm-hmm. who is the big head honcho guy of Marvel Studios for a long time. Yeah, founder. And now does the Venom movies and all those mm-hmm. Sony Marvel films. So he, I think, probably had some kind of vested interest in injecting a little bit of superhero yeah. aesthetic into the show, if it's, I had to guess. It's a little bit Marvel, it's a little bit He-Man. Yep. Yep. And both of those things are toyetic as hell. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's all about the toys. Uh, it, but it's not about much else. I don't, I mean, I took some notes, but like, we've already covered most of them. I know, I, all I really, yeah. I, the, Got my quotes. Um, Viper... Villain guy has a snake whip. He's got a whip that's just a snake. He does have a snake whip. He, he uses it very briefly and it doesn't seem to be very effective. No. But the, the fights in this show are so nothing and they're so frequent that it's hard to tell like 
how how good or bad at fighting any one character is oh, supposed right. to be. Everyone's just being thrown around, just and sort of off of thrashing around at each other <laughs> willy nilly until it's time Shooting for the fight to missiles end. missiles at each other. It's very chaotic. <laughs> it's really, really chaotic. Yeah, it's really quite hard to see who's winning until the end, and it's like, oh, I guess they got beat. I don't know. I don't know when yeah. that happened. Yeah. Like, honestly, the most interesting part was probably Arthur's solo mission. Yes. Like, when he's yeah. gone down alone and has to, like, face all of the, like, cave problems. It's really especially poorly animated. Well, yeah, it's all pretty bad. But, yeah, it's 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 not it's not well animated. But it, I found sort of the conflict of that it was more enter- it was It was more engaging. It was the closest. I would agree. Mm-hmm. You, Cause, you cause get more thing, of a sense of who he is. In... In making the main cast of football team, you have twelve boys to contend it's, with. It's and such so, a problem. They're so interchangeable. That so they, and their attempts at making them not are embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Because you have one who's nerdy. Yes, and he's very visibly Asian, but he talks a little like Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. Really weird. Yeah, kind of unsettling and strange. Yeah, I don't like Zeke because he's trying to. They're because they just that's just their reference point. For, like, a nebbishy personality. Yeah. But it's, like, it feels like he's a cross between at least two, maybe three different potentially offensive stereotypes. And so, like, maybe matching them together. And they're trying to dilute it by just having more. By just compounding them. (laughs) But then he's he's got, like, a total of fucking ten seconds of screen time anyway. And there's one character who seems to have a function of translating his nerd speak into football player speak my question is how did he wind up on the football team in the first place yeah i i I gotta say i i can tell you what my favorite line of the whole yeah oh there were a few that i wrote down there were some really funny ones yeah um but the one that just absolutely slayed me was when we're having our really extended bus misadventure oh god yeah and they're just like careening around and then they're like in the weird like time tunnel uh-huh. and they're just like what's going on and um I, I can't remember who it is that's like what's going on and and i believe it's trunk says in a very low very even voice it's the end of the world man yeah 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 <laughs> just like very matter of fact it's just like what do you think it's the end of the world man, it's the end of the world, man. <laughs> what else could it be yeah that's very it's good really good i i also um when Merlin introduces himself by saying, I'm Merlin the wizard, mm-hmm. one of the teammates is like, yeah, and I'm Madonna. I'm Madonna, yes. Classic like, okay. 1992. Humor, yeah. 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 And talking about grilling burgers on their own grill table is funny. burgers, but yeah, it's the end of the world, man. I wish I would written down any of Blackwing's lines, because I just loved everything that he He was said. very entertaining. I wanted more of Blackwing. Yeah. It, I, I almost thought that, like, this, this Viper guy didn't need to be there he's got his snake whip and whatnot but mm-hmm. blackwing is supposed to be like his lieutenant or something but he's more imposing here's the thing blackwing is the star scream ah uh, yeah he's the yeah. star scream yeah and that's why he's more interesting it's true <laughs> it's true there's really very little that's original about this show. Oh, yeah. No. Well, but that's the interesting sort of thing that we're doing here. Is mm-hmm. We're like, okay, why did this get made? These are the reasons why it got made. This is exactly what they said. They were like, look at these other things that were successful. Let's do that with a property that's free. King Arthur. King Arthur. Everybody knows King Arthur. 
Just you don't have to license anything. You don't have to license anything, but it's got immediate brand recognition. Yeah. We'll put some football in so that it's not too like woo woo for the boys. Right. Exactly. Know? Yeah, they're very uh, invested in that mm-hmm. to to a fault. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. This is a really extreme and really '90s, like really early '90s. The whole vibe. This is real toxic masculinity happening. Super duper. Uh, I do. Also, I mean, like I already said, I, I, I enjoy the character designs, and I just kind yes. of like the art style. Like, it's not it's, real animated. But it's a fun style. It's fun. And I it's like the one way that, that the faces are rendered. And it's familiar and nostalgic for us, I think, because it is a Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm aware, at least given um, where the production company was mm-hmm. located, I believe that there was a lot of, like, outsourced design work and animation happening. Yes, France. And that, Canada. And yeah. that's... See, that's you where we get those that. interesting design Yeah, work yeah. Happening. The faces look really different from what you saw in other Saturday morning cartoons of the exactly. era. And I think it's the French influence there. Absolutely. There there was also a video game adaptation. <gasps> no. For the NES. <gasps> for the Super NES, rather. Oh, wow. Years after the show concluded in 1995. Mm. Yeah. So apparently Mattel did release some action figures. Oh, I'm so curious what they would look like. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Five half inch action figures. And there was a comic and, book. Oh, boy. Had to be. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's 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 pretty much a stinker. I can see why it's it, a it didn't dud. It's a dud. 26 episodes is kind of impressive, given what it's like Yeah. to watch. I mean, I figured they probably just made all of those and then aired them. And, and then didn't that make was because I, I'm not surprised that I would imagine that the children of 1992 and 93 uh, met this. I would imagine with indifference. Yeah, I mean, I don't like. Where did it even air? I'm. It was in. It was syndicated. Uh huh. So whatever local channel decided to buy it is where uh-huh. it aired. Like, so it's probably really hard to track, like how many people saw it. It certainly was not something that crossed my radar it, as a child. The fact that it had two—it probably was all produced together, you know, sold as a package to different TV stations. Yeah. None of them liked the response enough to ask for more. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that says to me, you know. Yeah, and I—it's not hard to see why it's really dull. Uh, the, it, it, it has been ranked first on a internet list of the ten most ridiculous adaptations of Arthurian legend. That's probably Th- That's its only, only legacy. Yeah. So, I, I've, I've got here a list of the Knights of the Round Table. I just gotta tell the folks at home I'm so excited. what these characters are named. I'm so excited to hear them, because I got maybe about three names. I don't know what the rest yeah, of them are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, we've got Arthur King. Yep. We've got Lance. Yep. We've got Sir Tone. Okay. Um, Sir Trunk, who we have mentioned. Mm-hmm. Sir Wally. Okay. Sir Brick. Yeah. Sir Phil. Okay. Sir Darren. <laughs> Sir Darren. Apparently, he's the pretty boy, and he gets to date Lady Elaine. Okay, I mean, I'm sure that all of these guys get their little focus episodes. Yeah, they do. They get their little thing that they do. Sir Gallop, who is apparently a ladies' man. 
Okay. Uh, Sir Breeze. Sir Breeze. Sir Breeze. Uh, Sir Lug. He's the one who's driving the car, I think, I right? I think you're yeah. right. He's the equipment manager. Okay. Um, and apparently his emblem is a kraken, and his chest armor launches a football projectile. <laughs> That's wonderful. And last but not least, we have our nerd, Sir Zeke. Who is, I guess, canonically Asian and very much voiced by a very white guy. Yeah, well, these guys voiced several of these guys, like... We've got a lot of overlap in voice actor here. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Apparently we have a bunch of other characters that didn't... Um... Oh my god, she's both. not the Lady of the Lake. She is the Lady of the Table. She just <laughs> lives in the table. She just lives in the table. She's just a table. <laughs> okay, that's a first. Yeah. This is the first time we've talked about the round table and um, the table has just been a woman. She is a lady. Well, that's different. What could be more emblematic of this show's viewpoint towards women that one of them is a literal piece of furniture? (laughs) You're not wrong! It just about tracks, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it's about time to move on to something with a little more girl power. Yes! (laughs) I think we can genuinely say more than the 90s film Guinevere. There's something fun about it, at least, for God's sake. I will say I feel like I understood it less, but enjoyed it more. Yes. I think that's fair. So we're talking... Okay. And this is, things get a little weird here. This is going to get talking confusing. Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders. Yes. As it was released... As it was created and released in North America. But internationally, it was known as Starla and the Jewel Riders. For some reason. Reasons which elude me. Yeah. But I couldn't find that anything is the either. only version of it that you can stream online. So if you find it, it is called Starla and the Jewel Riders. Mm-hmm. Could not tell you the reason. This is the same company, Bobot Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And do, if you know this, the folks at home get to be shocked. And if you're not, I'm so excited to hear your reaction. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the original plan was for Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders when it was first developed? I think I do, but why don't you say it? It was pitched and initially developed as a Dragon Riders of Mm -hmm. Pern adaptation. Mm -hmm. Uh, They moved away from this, but I think you can still see slight remnants. You can see the echoes. Yeah, for sure. Would have been bizarre to see that series represented this way. Everyone in the series has their own big animal friend. That's the idea. They've all got an animal friend. Uh, apparently there was another show um, made by the same creator of this one. Robert Mandel. Yeah. Uh, called The Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers, mm-hmm. which had a similar concept in a more sci-fi setting, I guess. Yes. Um, and eventually it was adapted into some books. Wow. Called Avalon Web of Magic. I could see that there would be enough lore to sustain and novels. And just this year, um, oh, yeah. novels were announced. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Yeah. And exci- so this has had, despite also running two seasons and 26 episodes, in the cultural imagination, this has hung on. Yeah. It's, it's clear why it persisted better. It has more appeal. Yes. It, more charm. Just from the theme song alone. Yeah, okay, I will say this for King Arthur and then I suggest this is a wild-ass theme song. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like this, like, f- 
fucking butt rock. Like, it is that. It is that. <laughs> Midi ass. It's, it's great to listen to uh-huh. in the just like, what on earth kind of way. <laughs> uh, Princess Guinevere slash Starla and the Jewel Riders. It's got some music. Y- you've sung me this theme song oh, I don't yeah. know how it many times. It'll never leave my head. It's a good song. And when they play it during the episode, you're like, oh, it's a big moment. It's time to fucking rock. Like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Let's go, girls. Yeah, like, yeah. And you know it's a good theme song when, when they play it during the show. You know it's serious business. It's time to... Yeah, now shit's happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, here's the thing. I, I had seen some of this show as a child. So this one somehow sure. ended up in my orbit. I had a tape. That makes sense. It seems like that kind of show. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it came from. I don't know where my mother found it. I don't know why. I don't know why I had it. But, but I always bless, had it. Bless. I mean, like That's... the show aired. The show started airing when I was four years old. Yeah. I don't know at what point I received this tape. Sure. I don't remember getting it. It was just kind of always there. there. Uh, <laughs> but I had Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders. The proper version, the original real version. version. Yes. Now. And I told you this. Yeah. The the vocal recordings are the same. The same. It is definitely, definitely, definitely the same. Yeah. It's just the name Starla that's been changed. And part of me wonders if perhaps when they were making the show, they knew about this split. And so they just recorded, just recorded two different versions of the lines where her name is said. Must have been because like other lines, I am certain it's the same take. Yeah. Yeah. I'm certain of it. Because some of his lines are seared into you my would, brain. <laughs> that makes so much sense because you would be able to tell. I think also you would be able to tell if they'd spliced in a different name. Yeah, and it doesn't sound unnatural. No. So it must have just been like specific sentences mm-hmm. where they took multiple takes. Just to just record to say the, name. the name. It's weird. It is weird. We don't know any reason why they would change the name other than the thing that you posited, which is that in certain countries... Maybe, Maybe Starla is easier to say or a more familiar sounding name. Than Guinevere. Which could become kind of mealy mouthed if yes. it's not a name you're used to. Yes. That said, the country outside of the US it was most popular in was France, and Guinevere would not be a terribly Difficult, odd name there. Not at all. So I don't know. I don't know. But but Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders, 1995-1996. Now, this throws a lot at you in terms of lore, which is maybe less familiar than the King Arthur and the Knights of Justice lore. Yes. Which I thought was fascinating and great. Yes. So but I was struggling these, to keep up with it. These first episodes don't really tell you this yeah. that I have been able to catch. This takes place... So the, the setting is Avalon. They briefly, the, the briefly mention this. And our main character is a descendant Oh, they definitely don't say that. Yes. She's not Guinevere Guinevere. This is like a a thousand years later. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Everything's still very, like, vaguely medieval, but this is not medieval Camelot. Certainly. This is not Guinevere Guinevere. This is... Yeah. This is many, many years later. Um, Yeah. So Merlin's there... Um, really a goofy Merlin. He's a wacky little guy. He's a wacky little guy. He just has Archimedes the owl. Yes. And they were hoping Disney wouldn't find out about that. Well, I mean, Archimedes is from Once a Future King. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, Disney hoping, didn't come up with him. Hoping the estate of T.H. White wouldn't find out about that. Yeah. 
That's fair enough. I didn't even think. But he sounds and acts and looks very similar to the Disney Archimedes. Yes, at least Merlin is distinct from that Very distinct. Merlin. But Merlin and Archimedes look like they might not be that dissimilar in size. This is a small Merlin. <laughs> and a big owl. Yeah, uh, uh, isn't it right, though? Yeah, like, yeah, they're very similar in size. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and personality. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so, it is... Um, Oh boy! So the premise of this show. Yeah, help. Okay, I was, so if, okay, if, <laughs> I've if, seen it, and you got to explain it King to Arthur me. King Arthur the Knights of Justice is He-Man. This yes. is She-Ra meets Sailor Moon, with a little bit of like horse girl stuff. Dragon Riders of Pern. That, and I was thinking like design wise too. Because Dragon Riders of Pern really is just medieval horse girl stuff. It's true facts. <laughs> it's true facts. And, like, a little bit of, like, proto-Dragon Tales stuff. Okay, sure. In sure. the design of certain friend-shaped characters. Yeah, there's a lot of critters in this show. And they don't seem like they're from the same show visually as the human characters do. The to human me. characters look like they came out of a Barbie coloring book. And the animals look like they're from 80s My Little Pony, to yes. me. Uh, yes, 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 they do. And it's really strange to see them next to doll figure type human characters yes um now but it, it just feels like a whole toy box is playing together in the show yeah well <laughs> which is kind of a vibe king arthur and the knights of justice is a very boy toyetic show this, this is, is a very girl toy but like there's multiple different kinds of like toy design styles yes and this you, is utilizing all of them yes but you have the pretty girls who get to change clothes. Yep, yep, yep. You've got the <laughs> You've very... Got the little furry animals. Little furry animals. You've got the horses for riding. And main brushing and whatnot, main I'm brushing, sure. Yes, brushing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, you have you have the handsome boys who ride wolves. Yep, yep, of course. <laughs> of course they do. Of course they do. But you've got, like, outfits. Yes. <laughs> Some of which are kind of like armory a little bit. A little. They call it their their jewel armor. But it's fashion. It's fashion. It's but they fashion. have like fun sort of Sailor Mercury goggles. Yes, going on. they do. Yes, and I was thinking like, like little helmets. The like the magical girl anime influence is strong. Well, this is when Sailor Moon was like blowing up. So you can see here as well what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. Look at these other things that make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they did a better job of it. They did do it's more I, it's more appealing. Yeah, I will say, the animation makes King Arthur and the Knights of Justice look good. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's really, really, it's pretty really rough. They re they reuse a lot, really obviously. Yeah, it's, there's some there's some rough uh, like CGI transitions as well. Oh yeah, the jewel. Whoosh, yeah, whoosh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Looks like ass in, yeah. in motion. It's yeah. it's really quite bad. Uh, I think it's it's been because I watched both these on Tubi, uh-huh. and it's been maybe presented a little bit better in terms of like uh, resolution. Mm-hmm. It's like less pixely looking. Sure, but a that transfer. that means that you can see the actual flaws in the animation a lot more. Yeah, just like. They're there were using times in, as few frames as they can get away with. There were with. times in both shows where I couldn't quite tell what was supposed to be happening. <laughs> I think that works a little bit better in this show because it already felt to me very abstract and vibes-based, vibes-dictated. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, what would be cool? Mm-hmm. And both shows are operating on that logic. Yes. but This one more successfully. 
at least from our perspective as nerdy little girls exactly exactly (laughs) yes absolutely and i was like with this one i was like i don't understand it but i'm enjoying it a lot more yes okay so episode one's cold open um we have our villain Who's Lady Prince, Kale. Princess Kale. Princess Kale. Which, if you'll notice, Kale is an anagram of Lake. Oh, God. Yeah. I didn't put that together. Yep. That's about as far as that goes, but okay. it is. It's interesting. <laughs> um, it's interesting. Yeah, she's a very um, villainous looking lady. Yeah, she um, is. And she finds uh, an enchanted jewel hanging out in the, um, what do they call them? Uh... There's a lot of terminology There's in the so show. There's so much. Travel trees. Help with those. What are those? <laughs> they're just they're just the travel trees. Okay, okay? sure. They, they are exactly what they are demonstrated to be in these two episodes. Fair enough. They are a gateway through the wild magic, which you yep. can tra- traverse through in sort of a wormhole type way. I noted that there was a difference between like wild magic and magic. organized magic. Yes. That this show really assumes you already have a clear handle on. It that just it isn't... decides to really dump some concepts on you without it, giving you any kind of grounding for them. It felt weird to me because it assume, I assumed that the show was assuming that I'd heard of Travel Trees before. And, and it's just like, listen, keep up. Like it, <laughs> I respect that in a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, and here's because the Because they cram more into these yeah. two episodes than King Arthur and the Knights of Justice did, trying to explain stuff that was less difficult to grasp. Now, here's the funny thing about it. Yeah. I am fortunate in that this happened to be one of the episodes that I had on that video. Yeah. Show. So I watched it a lot of times. Now, I was a really small child of the course. last time that I had watched of course. it. But, like, I watched it enough that it was all pretty familiar. It was in your memory. I, I wouldn't have guessed that that was the first episode. <laughs> I was surprised that it was. Uh, it felt like there should, like I just assumed it, that it was just some random episode. I kept the wondering of the if I had missed things. Yeah, no, that's just apparently how it starts. So yes, uh, Princess Kale finds uh, a the dark stone, a, an enchanted jewel, yep. um, which are just these sort of like magic power weapon objects yeah. that you can use to do things with. Of various like you do. kinds. Like yeah. uh, just, they just They're magical conduits, sort of. Um, and the, the travel trees are like, hey, you can't yeah, fucking talk. do that. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she just decides that she gets to have this enchanted jewel. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, our protagonist will call her Starla. Yeah. Um, she's the princess of Avalon, mm-hmm. and she is going to become a jewel rider. Her friends are already jewel riders. Yeah, I was it's wondering about that. This sort of... Special magical girl team of young ladies from Avalon yeah. who get these enchanted jewels and do things with them. The, the, the impression that I got, and you can tell me how correct I was, mm-hmm. was that it's like a coming of age, rite of passage mm-hmm. thing where you get your jewel and the jewel binds you to your animal best friend. Your animal best friend, yes. And once that happens, you can go do adventures. Yes. Okay, I got it. Yeah, that's it. it. It's great. That's the whole concept. And she's like, "Well, how will I know who my animal best friend is going to be?" And her her be- and her human best friend who loves animal best friends a whole whole lot is like, "You just know." There are a lot of animal friends around already. There are so many animal. Well, cuz T- Tamara has so many. So many. So many little animal so friends. So many. Like 
Because, you know, Fallon, the, the other one, yeah. the purple one, yeah. the, with the moonstone, she just has her one unicorn. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Yep. And then Tamara just has, like, a whole menagerie A whole menagerie buddies. of little, little but creatures. But that's her thing. She's got the heart stone, and she's yeah. all about, like, love and feelings and stuff. Yeah. And uh, Starla is claiming the sunstone. Right. Um... Meanwhile, we have the wolf pack, who are sort of the boy counterparts yep. to the jewel riders, yep. but they all have the forest stone among them. Yeah. And they all ride wolves. It seems that King Jared, King Starla's, Jared. King Jared, Starla's dad, seems to be some kind of a wolf pack boy as well. Yeah. Because his scepter has like a green stone on it and he just kind of looks like him. He's yeah. got the brown hair and the brown beard and it's he's true. sort of foresty looking. I feel like this is very, like, the classic girl media of the time. Oh. Is that, like, the guys are very uh, uniform. Uniform, yes. yes. And they just kind of get to do one thing that isn't as cool. Yes, and we, but we have our special boy, Drake, who's clearly our love interest. Yeah, clearly. Um, Drake. Meanwhile, we have Starla's mother, who I don't think is actually called by name. Yeah. She is apparently Princess Kale's sister. Oh, okay. But I don't know what her name is. Okay. She she has more of a jewel rider vibe to her. She, she does. Okay, yeah, yeah. Jared has a big wolf because of yes, course he does. He's a wolf pack boy. Yeah. She has an enormous cat. Yeah. Like the biggest Which cat is, you've ever is seen. Vibes like yes. that's amazing. Such a cool big giant tiger yeah, cat thing. Yeah, yeah. That's like pink. It's I amazing. Love it. It's wonderful. Yes. I want that mom. <laughs> and this is right, right. And this is what I love as well Beautiful. is that, like, of course, every boy just gets a wolf. Mm-hmm. For the girls, infinite variety. Infinite variety, because yeah, Starla gets sort of trotted out in front of her, some kind of a winged lion, like a sphinx or something. Yeah, we've got like a zebra unicorn. Yeah, and um, what was the third one? I don't even remember, but they were all like a whole. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And then it turns out to be none of them. None of them. So, yes. Because we have this whole B-plot with yes. this other character who is who her is, fated special animal which, friend, like, of course. who would have guessed? Yeah. Her, her name is, what, Sunstar? Sunstar. Sunstar. Who could have guessed? The yeah. winged unicorn. Yeah, so Starla is nervous about yeah. her impending jewel ridering yeah. ceremony. Yeah. Um, and they're like the students of Merlin. He's teaching them all about the enchanted jewels yeah. so that we can have some exposition. And meanwhile, this genetic anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> this this mutated have, freak. <laughs> you have all these unicorns playing their little game. I love they're like, pass the ball to me. Yeah. <laughs> it absolutely kills me. Well, because there's like schoolyard bullying functionally happening uh, here. Yeah. They talk like valley girls. They do. And they're very mean to Sunstar because she has wings, wings. and unicorns don't have wings. And, and they tease her and call her a bird. She can't fly, which makes things worse. Yes. And they bully her into jumping off, off a, a cliff. cliff. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is kind of intense. Yeah. And, and this she is... accidentally loses their ball, and she has to go down, try to fly down and get it. And she I was thinking, like, for unicorns to play a ball-related sport, <laughs> they're going to puncture it, aren't they? But, I say, so they're like playing with the ball. They're like, yeah. you know, knocking it around in the air, sort of playing some kind of a tennis game. And then it flies over to Sunstar and just the, the animation, she's just <laughs> fully unmoving as this yep. ball just like yep. hits her on the face and bounces this, off. 
She and, doesn't react. There's no. There's uh, nothing. It's so funny. I, I was thinking, <laughs> this is where the animation. You're talking about the poor animation quality. Yeah. It's in the scenes with the unicorns where you really notice it. Yeah. Because they all have the same face. Yes. There's different colors, and it's this very stock like horse. At least they face. don't talk with their mouths. And I was thinking <laughs> that too. I was like, well. You can tell they saved a lot on animation by just having their horns glow while they talk. Mm-hmm. In just like Morse code blips. <laughs> you don't have to have any mouth movement. You don't have to think, yeah. how does a horse talk? <laughs> you don't have to do a Mr. Ed's You tooth. don't have to do a Mr. Ed. And you think they just saved so much time and money. Yeah. By just having the, the, the unicorn stand stock still and not move at all. There's a lot of frames with no movement except for glowing glow, glow, glow. horns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't even have to animate mouths. It's, yeah. it's really convenient. Yeah. Well, horses are impossible to draw, so. It's um, true. So, yes. Um, meanwhile, there's sort of a weird uh, wild magic outbreak going on because yeah. of what Princess Kale's been up to with yes. her dark stone. And so Merlin has to go off and like try to see to this situation and do some investigating. Yep. He comes across a deer stuck in a bubble. A pink bubble. And it's Strange. like, help me, Merlin, help yeah. me. And he's like, oh, of course I'll help you, little dear. Yeah. And then it turns terrifying. Uh-huh. And grows terrible sharp teeth. Uh-huh. And is actually a monster. And then the bubble eats Merlin. And he's stuck in the bubble now. Um, and Princess Kale, of course, is behind yeah. this. And is like, open your stupid box for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Meanwhile, she so she, she, got, she got her jewel. And so she got her fun clothing yep. transformation. Mm-hmm. Kind of a serve. It is kind of a serve. Like, yeah. Like as a kid, I didn't get how like kind of cunty it is. It is though. <laughs> it is. That's like, exactly what it is. Yeah. She's got these like straps on her thighs. Yeah. Now yeah. The, the dragon head piece is a little much. Uh huh. But like, it's a look. It is a look. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So <laughs> it's something. <laughs> um. Yes. Yeah, she's she's running around being evil. Traps Merlin, she's like, open your stupid box for me. And he's like, okay. And like, takes his key and is like, gonna give it to her. And then his like, falcon yeah. swoops down. Um, and we get a little bit of a quest for Camelot here. Yeah, a little bit. I was the, thinking that during yeah, that part. The falcon takes the key and flies away. And he's like, you'll never get away with this, Kale. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the dragon, her big, big dragon that flies her little sky boat around. So weird. I kind of love it, though. It's cool. It's such a unique I, mode it of is, It is unique. I was like, I've never seen something like it's, this before. It's a, it's like a carriage shaped like a boat. It has like a bar on top, and so the dragon just picks it up and flies I around. I think it's like more overwhelmingly unique and strange because they do struggle to animate it. <laughs> because it's so, like, mm-hmm. you're wondering how it would move and all this, mm-hmm. and they don't really answer that for you. Her dragon it works. It works. It's a <laughs> lot, but it's fun. We've got a chase. Um, the the falcon becomes injured, falls in the forest. Yep. Um, right near Sunstar. Oh, and imagine. And he's like, Sunstar, you have to take this key to Avalon. Sunstar's like, like, what? I can't do it. I'm just a loser. Yeah. Uh, and she gets, yeah. you know, she runs from Lady Kale, and it's, you know, whatever. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, and, uh... Back at Avalon, like, they're just, just talking more about Starla's whole situation, but they're like, oh, wild magic's getting weird. Like, 
Jewel Riders, why don't you go to Merlin's house and see what the hell's going on? Yep. Um, so they do, and his house has been ransacked, and they're like, this is fucking weird. Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna ransack Merlin's house, and they find Archimedes, and he's like, oh, it was terrible! Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Merlin's jewels, his, his enchanted jewels have been stolen. That's what's in that box. They're such a big deal, these jewels. Yeah. So they're like, we gotta find what happened. Yeah. Um, track Kale down in the forest um, where she has captured Sunstar. Mm-hmm. In the, they have a fight because Starlight is just like fucking ready to yep. throw hands. <laughs> yep. Like she's not gonna wait for the wolf pack. She's just she doesn't even have a, an enchanted jewel. She's, she's just, just on her own. Just yeah. just driving that mm-hmm. carriage down that hill. Yeah. Ready to go. Down that really steep really steep hill. Yeah. Um because she has to save this flying unicorn. Yeah. Um and in the big fight, uh Sunstar magically gives Starla the key to Ooh. the jewel box. Ooh. Um Meanwhile, the jewel riders are fighting Kale, and Tamara's little cat friend, who stowed away, yeah. jumps in to the beam of magic to save Tamara, and gets magic on him. Yeah. <laughs> he gets ma- sick. From a the little magic. bit. A little bit. <laughs> he won't wake up. He's sick from the magic, and uh, Kale makes her getaway with Sunstar, but doesn't realize that sh- that Starla has the key. the key. Um, they call the wolf, so that's the end of the episode. Yep. And sort of the next episode, the wolf pack shows up to help, and they have to do an enchanted jewel circle. Yep. To take the bad magic off of Spike. Yeah. And they do, and they save him. Spike is kind of the character who gives me that little proto dragon tailsy vibe. He's just a silly little guy. Yeah. He's just like a little cat. Yeah. He's a but silly he, little boy. He is big. He's big for a cat, but he's a little guy. He's a little guy. Exactly. He's, he's the size of like. A golden retriever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just a little phrase friend shaped. Yeah, he's a sweet little boy. Yeah. He's like, I have to come and protect you, Tamara. <laughs> um, and uh, so they're like, okay, well, Kale doesn't have the key, but she has Merlin's jewels and probably Merlin and definitely that unicorn, so we gotta go right. after her. Um, and they impose upon the travel trees to take them to Ravenwood. And the travel trees are like, you're not as gross as the last person, so go they're ahead. They're so polite to these trees. Yeah. Like, as polite as they could possibly be. And yeah. they're like, we know the Princess Kale <laughs> sucks, but if you don't mind, it would be really, really <laughs> yeah. cool of you yeah. if you would just maybe drop us off over yeah. Ravenwood, if it's not Inconvenient. too <laughs> big yeah. of a deal. Um, and they get there, and Ravenwood is all fucked up now. Yep. Apparently it looked like a normal forest before, and now it's a big fucked up evil forest. Imagine. Um, and we get some exposition that within Merlin's box there are the seven jewels that represent different areas of Avalon. Of course. Different regions. Of course. Um, the woods are bad. More quest for Camelot stuff. They yeah. get separated. Um, the wolf pack and Tamra and Fallon get separated from Starla... And other friends. Yep. And uh, they end up making it to Kale's castle, yada, yada, yada. Trade the key for Sunstar. Um, and Starla's going to take the deal because she has to protect this unicorn yeah. that was trying to help Merlin. Um, and 
then crazy shit happens. Battles. The, yeah, they fight. The Kale opens the box. <laughs> the jewels fly out and summon a vision of Merlin. Yeah. He's like you thought, bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, turns out this was all supposed to happen, and now all the jewels are gonna fly around to the different areas of Avalon yep. where they came from. And Kale gets so mad that she breaks all of her shit and causes those chasms. Yeah, we get some chasms. Um, and the only way to save herself and Starla is for Sunstar to fly, fly. Oh, and she imagine. does it. Wow! Whoa, who would have thought? Who, who would have thought that would happen? <laughs> Um, I will say this whole action sequence is marginally more coherent step by step than the battles in King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. It has more interesting stakes. Yes. That are clear. It's, it's not just like action like figures that's, smashing that's, that's why each other. we're summarizing this show because it bears summarizing. There is stuff that occurs. That's different. It has some yeah. plot that happens and develops. Yeah. Uh, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, not so. Not so. Um, it's just action figures smashing against each other. And this, I mean, is less that way. I mean, the animation is really. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're trying to tell a they're story. They're trying to tell a story. Yeah. Um, because girls know. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Because girls know that we're here for the emotional stakes. Right. And this does have emotional stakes. Yeah. Uh, because, because then, even after we've saved the day... And we've Lady got half Kale's, the second episode left to go. Yeah, because, um, yeah, they they go back to to Avalon, and it's like, okay, like, it's, we did it, hooray. It's time for that big party. It's time for the big party for, for Starla's big... Yeah. coming out and and oh boy they manufacture some conflict to make the episode sure. longer well so um sunstar goes back and has a little bit of a pretty woman big mistake moment yeah um she's yeah. flying around and they're like oh my gosh sunstar you're so cool now and she's and like i've got other places to be it's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, really funny <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah she kind of like had said goodbye to starla and they were very sad like they yeah. felt this connection um that like they didn't really know what to do about. Yeah. I don't know why. That's what it seems very obvious. Yeah. But uh, Starla goes to do her, her ceremony. ceremony. Gosh, I love this music. It's insane. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's really some, like, 90s, like, radio R&B, like... It's so groovy. It's like, so groovy. I was thinking, like, what... Who... What? I want to know what the decision-making process was like. Because it's not bad no it's just really distinct for what's going on especially well it's the end credits music oh it is isn't it yeah but it's really distinct uh yeah these like magical animals come like catwalking out yeah. into this <laughs> like, garden which one will it be and yeah. it's none of it's them it's none of them and it's like oh no she was afraid that it wouldn't and work and it didn't so what embarrassing and there's a whole crowd of people watching and they're like Whoa. what's happening and she's like what do i do and it's like oh no i'm sorry um, it's such it's such like kind of almost a needlessly like down moment. Yeah, it's like, really a bummer, and everyone's just kind of like hanging out, waiting for something just like, to happen. What do, we do now? I don't what know. Do we do? And like Tamara goes and like talks to her little animal friends, like, "What are we supposed to do? Yeah. Like, like what, what? Why didn't it work? Like, what? What? what then like Spike's like, "I think that stupid jewel can't tell you who your friend is. You just know because you love them." Uh, and Tamara's like, oh, duh, that's, the that's, fucking unicorn. That's what and was needed. And she's right, right over there. there. Yeah. She showed up. 
Um, and so Tamara brings in Sunstar, and it's like, yeah. there's one more animal we need to see today. <laughs> and then magical things happen. Naturally. And, oh, uh, yes, it was supposed to be Sunstar all along. Whoever could have guessed it. And then a vision of Merlin shows up, and he's like, I'm sorry, I've gotten lost. <laughs> right. I can't come back. Right. Um, but you all have to go on a fun journey for a season of television. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. To go and get the gems yes. that flew around the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly that. So, good luck, everybody. Also, Starla's, like, cotillion dress is the worst thing I've ever yep. seen. Yep. It's pretty bad. It's super bad. It's pretty bad. bad. I was like, really, I wondered if the idea was to give her some embarrassing sort of outfit so that so that when she transforms she looks so much better but i don't think it was supposed to be embarrassing no i think it's just bad design yeah i mean it's yeah it's really something. part of the humiliation of the ritual <laughs> <laughs> which seems very humiliating for her at least in yeah, general it's yeah. like we're just gonna trot you out in this dress and all these animals are gonna there's gonna be some rejection that occurs <laughs> <laughs> How do the animals feel about it? That's uh, we don't really even know who who's rejecting who. It's all the jewels doing. Yeah, which is strange. Yeah, but, but it, yeah, and so then and then we know what the show is from there. Yeah, we gotta go around Avalon and get all seven of these lucky charms. This one I would be more likely to watch more of. It's just if the animation wasn't so rough. That I was like, this is kind of a thing to sit through still, just because of the animation. Yeah. But in terms of the mood of the story and even stuff like the music, and it was more enjoyable. Yeah, there's it's, something is happening. Right. So this, sometimes this, quite very strange and psychedelic things, it, frankly, it, are it, happening. Frankly, like the stakes in King Arthur and the Knights of Justice feel so removed and unimportant. Yeah, I mean the stakes in this oftentimes feel somewhat random, but at least you know at, at least we've got some character motivation and emotional moments and you know who these characters are what their relationships are to each other and how they will feel when things don't go that's the key difference that's the key difference Mm -hmm. it's like yeah i get why starla is upset yeah like what she's worried about and afraid of and like what it would mean for her things not to go well and there's like a point where you know she makes a decision that's like a little she's like yeah i have to trade this key for this cute creature that yeah. i had a moment with yeah like this this unicorn does not deserve to be punished for what's happening like i yeah. i owe it to her to save her whatever that means it's an endearing moment yeah 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 it's nice it's, yeah exactly it's more pleasant show to watch yes i mean, just in terms of like style it's sweet. It's cute. Yeah. It's fun. And, you know, you, you can get attached to these characters. Absolutely. But it's... It's yeah. still low in the budget. Yes, yes. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's She-Ra Sailor Moon. It is that. It is It is possibly only slightly less derivative, but much more enjoyable. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> it, it has those emotional stakes. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't have anything to say um, regarding Arthurian legend. Um, I was about to say I was I was thinking while watching it. I was like, this is even compared to some of the stuff that we've talked about, very disconnected. Yeah, 
it's based on nothing other than these characters exist. So, like, I don't think it's worth it's even just going like over anything. Names, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I thought in King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, um, Camelot looked a little tintagely. Yeah. Sort of out there on that yeah. sea cliff. Yeah. In a way that it doesn't usually, you know, Absolutely. usually Camelot is more inland, um, but it was kind of a tintagel vibe. Yeah. Um, Avalon, uh, obviously, in Arthurian legend, doesn't tend to be a location like that. I, right, that's what I was it's thinking. More of a, it's more of a fairy land sort of a location. It's not a place that we necessarily go and see. Yeah. Um, it's certainly not a kingdom. It's certainly. It's just more of a removed location that has some sort of magical connotation to it. Right. Uh, season two of Starlight uh-huh. and Jewel Riders, Morgana does show up. Yes. As sort of like the all-time nemesis of Merlin. Oh, that's fair. And she and Kale team up. Oh, okay. Morgana has been trapped within the realm of wild magic for like a thousand years. Uh... Apparently at the end of season one, Kale gets like imprisoned in the Darkstone. Mm-hmm. And the Darkstone goes flying into the realm of wild <laughs> magic. And Morgana finds it. And she's like, it's my Darkstone. And then Kale comes popping out of it, and she's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you yeah. And they have sort of like a like a cunt off. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Because <laughs> that, we had had some discussion about whether to watch that episode. Uh-huh. Given how out at sea I felt with the lore in this first episode of the series, uh-huh. I can't imagine. Just no context at all. Yeah. And we thought best for both to just sample the beginning a little yeah, bit. It makes the most sense, but damn, that... That, that face-off between wonderful. these two evil women is so entertaining. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> like, 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 legitimately enjoyable. So, like, if you're curious, there's an episode to check out. Episode yeah. 1, Season 2. Because uh, there's that. And it's, it really <laughs> made me laugh. It really did. Uh, but, yeah, these are just silly cartoons. That, I think four episodes was all we could take for this episode yeah. this is why we don't do television yeah well and you know, other shows are maybe more um it's, bearable yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but, but you know it's a fun little diversion for us well and you know like whatever in the jewel riders was sort of one of my very first arthurian experiences there you go. like yeah. as a small child yeah like that's that was significant like, one of my first Merlins, you know? So it kind of got you into it a little bit. That's, to some degree. I yeah. mean, I was just a little, like, nerd who was just, like, starved <laughs> for any fantasy content. Of course. So I of just course. watched it over and over. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, it was, like, a step into Arthuriana. So it's valid. Yeah. And valuable. Yes, absolutely. And, like, you know, as children's shows go, I couldn't recommend... Uh, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, but, uh, like, for a little girl like me, Guinevere and the Jewel Riders was great. Absolutely understandable. Yeah. And because I just didn't know that it wasn't good. <laughs> and, I mean, watching it now with no prior exposure other than what you told me about it, I could, I, I, I got the appeal. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can acknowledge something's general lack of quality and still get the appeal. Yeah. Like, when you're six, oh, those I, flaws, I, you don't see them. Of course not. If I'd seen this when I was six, I would have gone crazy. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those. Absolutely. It's one of those. But, uh, yeah, because it's just all 
all kinds of ways to experience Arthuriana. It's true. It's true. We've sampled many of them now. Many of them. And some of the strangest. Yeah. And hey, Guinevere and the Jewel Riders is better than Guinevere... 1994. Yeah. It's so true. It's... It's not a hard bar to clear, but certainly... It doesn't make me mad. Yeah, it, it did not make me mad. King Arthur and the Knights of Justice made me uncomfortable. Yeah. But, but sometimes it's, you know... A few minutes of action figures smashing against each other is it's kind fun. of fun. It's fun. It's a fun thing to take some time out to yeah. to do. So, <laughs> what are we doing next? Next time we go in a bit of a different direction. Yes. We, we've spent so much time in the 90s this uh, year mm-hmm. that, you know, we figure for the rest of the year we got to try out some different decades. we got to get something else. So next time we're doing the 2000s instead. And we're doing King Arthur 2004. Another really formative bit of Arthuriana in my life. And a movie that I have seen bits and pieces of all over the place, but have never sat down and watched all the way through. Yeah, I mean, I, I say it's formative and it's true, but but that doesn't mean it's good. So, <laughs> And, like, thinking about time periods that we've covered before on this show. Mm-hmm. The closest we've got, because it's a matter of just a couple of years, is Tristan and Isolde. Mm-hmm. This is around that time. So let's see how they compare. Yeah. Alright, everybody. Until then, we love you. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this Film Broads production. Subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts and talk to us on Twitter at Film Broads Pod. Our theme music is Holding Out for a Hero by Hildegard von Blingen and Whitney Avalon. I need-